If you have your copy of God's Word with you, and if you would, turn with me to Matthew 25, beginning at verse 31. And when you find your place, please stand with me to read in God's Word. Beginning at 31. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all His angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will put the sheep on His right hand and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer, saying to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. Then they themselves also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Thank you. You may be seated. We come now to the, the, the conclusion of the Olivet Discourse. That was starting chapter 24. This is midweek, right before the crucifixion. This is his last part of his last private discipleship class, if you want to say it like that. Reaching, prophesying about the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 A.D. 
And he tells them that no man knows when the hour will come. Pastor Chris did a wonderful job keeping the text in his context as he approached the chapter 24, approached this generation, understanding that 70 AD was in the, the scope of that all. The next theme was brought out for the parables of Pastor Ben. Being about the Father's business, Pastor Ben preached on the ten virgins, five of them being ready, five of them not being ready. Then those that were not ready, the door was shut. Pastor Ben also brought out the parable but the value of using what God has given us to bring Him glory is the wicked slave who was caught doing nothing having the wrong view of the master was cast out. We go into an analogy that some consider it to be a parable, but I believe it to be an analogy. As we continue to go through this, I want you to keep in mind what the Lord is building before us. And I want us to all to just to pause for just a minute. And I, if you can ever think about something being so serious, today's the day. As the Holy Spirit paints this glorious picture of the judgment seat of Christ at the courtroom of Christ, we look at the power of Christ and all that He is, we dare not mess or take this lightly. That we may take it in, that God the Holy Spirit would give us a vision of what it means for us, each and every one of us, to stand before Christ. And that may even be for you today. This very day. It may not be, but there is a time coming. Either that you will die and eternity is sealed for you or the Lord comes back to collect His church. But you will stand before this God in the beauty of His holiness. So let us enter into this courtroom. Knowing when we leave, there's only two camps on this earth. There's only two, there's not a middle area. There's no neutrality with God, the Almighty King of glory. You're either wise or you're foolish, wicked or lazy, good and faithful or faithful, good and faithful. You either love him or you hate him. You either gather or you scatter. You're either faithful or you're unfaithful. You're either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. There is no neutrality with God. You are not neutral even this day. This is a heavy, heavy courtroom setting that where He is going to be doing it, this scripture that we have before us, and I'll just give it to you now, He's going to be separating the goats from the sheep. The guilty goats and the sanctified sheep. All of this is 
by the power of God Almighty. If there was ever a serious moment in your entire life, let it be today. That you pull out all distractions. That you'll leave here understanding the supremacy of the judge of glory. The supremacy of this courtroom setting. And that we will look at the, the supreme judge, the son of man, the king of glory, the shepherd that separates. That gathers, that separate, separates. The good from the evil. And all that he is. When we close our eyes in death, it is not the end. And so many think it is. Today we need to get real. Today we really need to think about this. Today we need to know how heavy of a matter this is. There's no more playing games. Jesus the disciples were asking him when he was coming back he says there was no man knows no matter your eschatology no matter your view of the end times there's one thing you can count on for sure Jesus is coming back and when he comes back you see that he comes back then what he judges you see it in scripture but when the Son of Man comes. In verse 34, then the king will say, meaning he goes through the judgment at that time. This is what we know for sure. This is how the disciples were hearing it. They have not yet understood or come to an understanding of all the eschatology, different views of this passage that we have before. The one thing that we do know is that the king of glory uh, is the one that we will be standing before. Amen? We know this for a fact. We know it's going to happen. And one of the things I also want to point out is that as we go through the Scripture today, notice it's not what they did, but it's what they didn't do. Interesting, isn't it? The different approach when you come into Scripture we see the supremacy of this courtroom. You will not escape this date. And you can't afford to be wrong. See, there's two people on this earth. They are either lovers of Christ or they're deceived and they're haters of Christ. They either being sanctified sheep and at this time sanctified sanctifying sheep or being sanctified as we stand before this God if we have not received the supreme righteousness of this God forevermore if we are not imputed righteousness unto us we will be forever damned in punishment forevermore death is not the end it is only the beginning We're saved by grace, but we're judged by works. And I'm not talking that you can lose your salvation by any means. That's just nonsense. But you'll stand before God. This God. You'll stand before this God. And the question is, are you ready right now? 
Are you ready to stand before this God and give an account for what you did and what you did not do? To be about the Father's business is an act of righteousness. We have to be clothed in righteousness so we see the supremacy of this court. We see the supreme judge as we just saw when, when he comes, whenever that may be, with the exact time, whether, whatever your eschatology is, when he comes, he is going to judge, he is going to gather, he is going to separate the, uh, the goats from the sheep, the sanctified sheep and the guilty goats. Because that's all we got before us today, amen? You're either sanctified, being sanctified, you will be sanctified when you stand before this God because He began to work with finish it, amen? Such a wonderful text when we see the, the supreme judge, the righteous ruler, the source of all righteousness. As the Son of Man, He declares His humanity. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. He had to come in the flesh. Amen? He had to come in the flesh. Now, let us again think about this God, this, the ascity of Christ, the ascity of God Himself that has no need of anything. But yet He chose to come down, step off His throne, step off His throne, And come to to us as we read in John seventeen. They were the fathers, those those the sheep were the fathers. And the father gave them to the son. And the son redeemed those sheep. Full atonement. Can it be? Yes. The Son of Man reflects the connection between the themes of suffering, enthronement, and authority. All these things have happened to him. He declared himself that he was the Son of Man, meaning he is the firstborn among many brethren. He is our brother. Can you believe that? This King of Glory is our big brother. He paved the way. This King of Glory is the King that's on our side. He brought us on His team. We're on His side. We're robed in His righteousness. His enthronement, uh, 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 His authority has been given to Him and He will judge His people. In His authority and earthly ministry, He forgave our sin. He paid the penalty for us. Isn't that wonderful? Forgiven, you stand at the cross. In this suffering and death, he prayed the propitiation. In his future exaltation and glory, we are received unto glory. Now listen to this, what the, what the Son of Man will do in the appearing in the sky. Then all the tribes of all the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds in the sky with the power of his great glory. That's something to pause on for just a minute. When He comes in His glory, we see in Matthew 16, He's coming to repay every man according to their deeds, whether they be good or bad. We see His splendor and His authority and all His power, all that He is, His holiness, His majesty. What a spectacular view of this God. Now, is this your God? 
Because this is the God of glory. This is the God that's coming back. This is the Son of Man that has been given all authority uh, in the exaltation who He is. He was raised for our justification. He was received in the glory. And He sits at the right hand of all power and all glory. He is the God of glory. Amen? And as we think about this and we have this picture, we're in the courtroom and we stand before this judge and give an account. May we tremble at the thought. May we look at the supremacy of this court because we have a supreme king that is sitting on this seat. He's not only the Lord of Lords or the King of the King, He is the Judge of Judges. Amen? He is superior. He is our superior. He is above all things. He's not just holy. He's holier. He's not just holier. He's holiest. And this is the courtroom that we'll be in. And all the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. The song is ringing in my mind this morning. Oh, hell, the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. This is the splendor. This is the glory of the Almighty God that we say we serve. And His angels, and even maybe the glorified ones, will come. It would gather all nations. Everybody will stand before this God. Every single person ever brought to life will stand before this God. This is the God that separates the great shepherd, the power of the great shepherd that separates the sheep from the goats. Now I do want to give you an idea what that's talking about here. The Palestinian shepherds would frequently had to separate their flocks this way. They would graze together like we're all on this earth today, right? But they had to separate them because of the end of the day. The separation had to be made for the goats. Had to have a warmer place to be comfortable and cooler in the cooler hours of the night. The male goats often, though, were hostile toward the sheep. Jesus seeks to illustrate the truth of the righteous and the wicked, now together, but in a time we'll be separated. And all the earth will, will rejoice at that separation. When all the earth with all the wicked will be judged and put away. We have a righteous shepherd. He is the glorious shepherd. He is the supreme shepherd of all glory. The shepherd, you think about the sheep, the sheep cannot live without the shepherd. But the goat can. The goats, they eat everything, go everywhere, and they have no need of any guidance. But the sheep, but the sheep need Christ. The sheep must have Christ. The sheep desire Christ. Another picture of this very thing of uh, uh, the acquitted uh, prisoners would be set to the right. And in another courtroom on this earth uh, of the Sanhedrin. And then those that were convicted to the left. We see the power of God in this. 
when we get to the next text, we see that it's the power of God. Now, I do want you to understand uh, judicially innocent of the right hand and the guilty on the left, right? We stand before God uh, paid in full. We have a right standing before God, those that are in Christ, that have received His righteousness. His righteousness is imputed unto us. We don't enter into heaven uh, by something that we do. He's done it all for us. Amen? So he has the supreme uh, uh, authority on who comes and who doesn't. He's the one that paid the price for us that we may come in. Amen? And so I do want you to understand, in the book of Revelation, there is a, some books that are going to be opened that have tracked your life and everything that you have done before the cross and after the cross. And after this, death and Hades will be thrown into the lake of fire, which is the second death. For everyone's name who's not found in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Is your name there? The humility that humanity standing before God, and it opens the book. We don't get to escape God in any way. We say it, we proclaim it, but do we really believe it? We don't get to escape God in any way thinking about all that He has done for us. He knows our very thoughts, our very actions, and if we believe whatsoever we do, we do for the glory of God, and we believe in the omnipresence of God, and He's there with us everything that we do, He knows. Everything that we think about, He knows. You will be standing before this God. And man, I hope your soul is trembling now. That we may look and see why. We just looked at the supremacy of this court, meaning the supreme judge is the supremest of uh, the Son of Man, the supreme king that's in it, and the supreme shepherd. Now we look into the, the sanctified sheep, the righteous receivers. I'll read this text and then we'll back up and look at it. Then, We need to just pause there for just a minute. Then. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you before the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. And I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And then he will see, when, we, when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, 
you did it to me. Now I do want you to keep in mind that this text is not about going to go to, to feed the poor, uh, to go to jails, or have a nursing home. It's not about that. Right? What it is talking about at this present time in this scripture right here is the, the persecution of the saints, uh, of your brothers and sisters that are suffering for the cause of Christ, right? And you going to them and sacrificing everything that you have in order to get to them, that you may be a blessing to them, that they may receive the encouragement, knowing that you have a love for the brethren. Amen? You, this is why you go. This is why if they were in prison, if you went to prison, everybody would recognize you being one of them because you come to visit them in prison. And when you left, you would be in prison too. Why? Because you went to go see one of those Christians. Same as everything else that we see here. Now we should have and outreach in all these areas. But when you put it in its context, when Jesus said, one of these brothers of mine, even to the least of them, you did it to me. Now I'm going to tell you, this is the Christian who is about the Father's business. He doesn't even know what's taking place right here. He's just acting out his nature at this time. Amen? And then because he answered the question, when did we see you? The righteous, when did we see you, Lord? When did we see you hungry and everything? When do we see you sick and come visit? When do we see you? When do we see you in all these areas right here? That's how the righteous will reply to that. Because you know what they're not doing. The righteous are not checking off their boxes on the all the all the things that I do for the ministry. Amen. He's, they, they look. They're not even paying attention. To that they're doing what is natural to them. The the love of the brethren and the sistren that they have around them. They love children of God. They are the children of God who love the children of God. Amen? And this is an inconvenience that sometimes, because you have to go out of your way for some of these, even to the least of these. So you look at this passage and you see, who are the blessed? Well, I'm glad you asked. When we think about the righteous receivers, those that have been imputed righteousness, been forgiven by God, these will say, the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you before the foundation of the world. Those that the Father has chosen, as we read in John 17. Again, Christ stepping off of the throne taking on flesh, being the Son of Man in all His uh, humanity, being all God. We know that He was raised for our justification. He lived a perfect life here. He was sinless and was raised on to glory. All our righteousness is filthy rags, so we have nothing to bring to the cross except Jesus Christ, the one who's robed us in His righteousness. How are they blessed? One, they have received something they didn't deserve. Amen? Nobody in this room wants what they deserve when they come into this courtroom. Now, we're still in the courtroom setting, so don't get out of that area. You're standing before the judge. 
And the judge says unto you, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom, prepare for you before the foundation of the world. Because when he wrote those books, some of those books, he wrote them before the foundation of the world. You are blessed because you didn't deserve to be imputed. The imputed righteousness as we see in Romans 4. When did he prepare? He prepared like in Ephesians chapter 1. He prepared before the foundation of the world. How did he prepare it? Through the work of Christ on the cross. And let me just read this text to you. In Romans 5 it says, The one, one will hardly die for a righteous man. Though perhaps the, God, the good one would even dare even to die, but God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Who did he save? Those that are in this picture. Those that Christ died for. As Pastor Chris read for us today, uh, John 17, they were the fathers, and the Father gave them to Christ. But we also see it was done before the foundation of the world. That these sanctified sheep at this time, completely sanctified, standing before the judgment seat of Christ, standing before this God, they, have, they are righteous receivers of the uh, blood of Christ, of the atonement. They ought to be righteous, righteous extenders. They have received grace. They ought to extend grace. Amen? Right? When, you, when we, we would just take it to ourselves, right, and do nothing with it, well, we see what they didn't do and what that would look like. That's not a Christian. No Christian goes to hell. No Christian will ever suffer the wrath of the Almighty God. But you will stand before this God. Let us not forget. And you'll give an account. Let us not forget about this God and what He has done. Now notice that He says that, verse 37, then the righteous. Who is that? All those that have been born of God. Amen? We're no longer called sinners or wicked or evil or goats or even anything to that process right here. We are now the righteous people of God. And if this righteousness have penetrated our hearts right here, we, are, we have a big brother that now from the least of these to the most of these, to the highest of these, to the all extents of the world, of the Christianity world that we see here, to the believers that Christ died for the ungodly and made them His own. And we see this plainly in Scripture that Christ is our big brother. Now don't dumb that down where it doesn't mean anything to you. Because we've done that with grace. God's riches at Christ's expense, it doesn't mean anything to us. We know the acronym. No, no, grace works in us. Grace affects us. Grace penetrates our heart. Christ didn't just save us, just to save us. 
This act of righteousness is that the world uh, may see Christ in us. We see this in uh, so many things, so many things that we see. First John 3 says, we know that by, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, his brother, Christian, and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or tongue, but indeed in truth. For we will know this, that we are of the truth, and will assure our hearts. Why do we do this? Because we are worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Now, I do want to say one thing to this extent right here. We will be standing in the judgment seat of Christ. From, the, the, from, the, from one end to the spectrum to the other end. The question is right now, if I was to stand before this God this very day, the God of the Bible, not the God of my imagination that's okay with sin, you know, that we have dumbed down to make Him fit our schedule, make Him fit who we are. He doesn't have a problem with sin because I'm saved by grace, brother. You are, but that has an effect. You're robed in righteousness. Yes, you are. That affects you. That affects you. Everything about you has changed. Look at what this says right here. How you having the world's goods and don't extend to your brother, how is the love of God shown in that? Go on and be about your way. I know you're cold. I know you're hungry. I know you need a place to stay and all this stuff. But you be happy. God bless you. That's what that looks like. No heart attachment to it at all. But when we get to glory, we'll stand before this and we'll give an account to that. Oh, my. Be honest with yourself this very day. We just need to repent today. Because you and God know what you are doing and what you're not doing. You can fool everybody in this room. You can fool your family and everything else. You can act like you love Christ from within, hating Him. You can think about all these things and mean nothing to you. My brother and sisters, I tell you today, if this doesn't affect you today, you have not heard the Word of God. This should strengthen you today because it's the power of the living God that says these sanctified sheep that have received this uh, uh, imputed righteousness should be uh, uh, extenders of this righteousness that we looked upon and that we extend this grace out to other people because He's been so good to me. Who am I not to? How could you keep it to yourself? This is the, the Christian compassion, the Christian care. And the Bible does have, but I want to, uh, does have many rewards that's laid out for us, the prize of our high calling, the reward of our inheritance, heirs of the kingdom, the crown of life, the crown of righteousness, the crown of glory, the incorruptible crown. All of this would be cast down at the feet of Christ. Amen. 
This is no crowns that we get for ourselves. This is no bragging tools that we get for ourselves. We'll not be able to stand before God and tell Him, Lord, didn't I do all of these wonderful things? And He'll say, depart from me. Because your heart was never there. Blessed of my Father. Come ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom, prepare for you before the foundation of the world. Praise the Lord for that. We also have the guilty goats, the rejectors of this righteousness. Begin at verse 41, then he will say also to those on the left, Could you imagine hearing this? Depart from me, accursed ones, into eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. This is the final sentencing. Nothing changes after this. You close your eyes in death, the beginning begins. Suffering the glories of the unpleasurable side of God or the pleasurable side of God. Come ye blessed of my Father. For here we have eternal punishment or eternal life. But listen to this. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, as we have seen in Matthew. I was going to see he's still addressing in the background. He's addressing Christians, so the, uh, the natural man left to himself has no interest in Christians. So this is why it's easy for him not to do this. But it should be hard for us not to do this. I was hungry, and the, and the unconverted man, so what? And you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and I was in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will say also, same answer, Lord, when, when did we see you hungry or thirsty? Or a stranger and naked or sick or in prison? It did not care for you. Then he will say, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you do not do it for one of the least one of these, you did not do it to me. Notice he doesn't say, include them in, in the brotherhood. And may I say as well, the sisterhood. They have The unconverted world has no desire to help the Christian. Now, it doesn't mean that people don't go out and help people. So don't, this is, But this in, in, in this context right here, uh, in the Scripture that we have today, is in the context that he's talking about believers in the background. And so there are two ways, there are two camps as we started off this very day. Notice even in this passage that I just read, it's what they didn't do. We never really gave that much thought, have we? What we didn't do. But as Brother Ben has passed, uh, brought out in, uh, in the parables, be prepared. The one that was accursed was the ones that were not prepared. But this is the natural reaction of those that have been sanctified by the power of God. Being sanctified, if you're still alive, you're being sanctified. And you will be sanctified when you stand before Him that you will be doing these things 
without even paying much attention to it. Why? Because you love the brethren. Amen? That's what, you do what you do. Why? Because you love the children of God. The guilty goats will suffer forevermore. So in other words, sins of uh, omission as well as commission is what they didn't do. The rejectors of this righteousness, we see the final sentencing. And I really want to ask you this right here. When I read verse 46, these will go away, eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Which camp are you in? Which camp are you in? We know that we're not going to persuade God as we look at this final sentencing. When we stand before God and He gets to this point, it's done. You're not going to say, but, but, but. Every mouth will be stopped. The door will be shut. The sentencing is forever. But on the other hand, we had the blessedness of being children of God. Christ was the great judge and took our judgment for Himself. That we may be entered in, being the righteous of Jesus Christ, we're the, uh, God of, uh, the, the children of God. Right? We have looked at the Supreme Court, the supremacy of this King forevermore in all His splendor. Right, uh, We looked at the sanctified sheep and the righteousness received to the extenders of righteousness. We see the righteousness of the guilty uh, ghosts rejected and contracted left to themselves. And they are judged for what they did not do. Really, I ask you, you can't afford to be wrong with this. as we examine our lives and prepare ourselves to come to the Lord's table, let us examine ourselves what we're not doing. Are we doing anything at all? That we may examine ourselves before the King of Glory examines us. May we ask the King of Glory to examine us if there be any wicked way in this Lord. What am I not doing? Let us dwell on that. What am I not doing? Let us pray. Father, your scripture just is so true. For all that you are. In all your glory and all your splendor, Father, we know that as we prepare ourselves to come to your table, we must prepare ourselves to meet this God, our Creator. Lord, if our sin has found us out, Lord, I'm not doing anything. I'm one of those people who have received righteousness, but I do not want to extend it to much trouble. Lord, 
may their sin be found out between you and them. That we may look upon all that you have done for us. That Romans 12, 1 or 2 would be a reality for us. That it's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. Help us to examine ourselves. Are we truly lovers of Christ, our Redeemer? Father, I know that there's so much more in this passage to come back. So much more there. But I pray by the Holy Spirit that we really did and was able to bring ourselves to the point of this courtroom with the Almighty God and that You spoke to us, that You have shown us the things in our lives that we're not doing. Help us not be so busy, Lord, with the things that we are that we are convicted of on the things that we are not doing. So help us, Lord, knowing that the end is the beginning. The end of this world is the beginning of eternity. Help us to rejoice knowing that we are the blessed ones to get to come into the kingdom that was made for us before the foundation of the world. Help us to rejoice knowing that it's you, Lord, that has done the work, that we live a life of gratefulness unto you, that we extend this out. Help us, Lord, to see our need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.